Eagles Entertainment. Everything that moves, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right of the day. And we've got another decisive win from this Eagles team as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 430. At the top of today's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with Greg Cosell about what we saw on tape from Sunday afternoon's impressive victory over the Tennessee Titans. We've got plenty to chew on here in this one. There was a lot to break down with this game, and we will dive into it at the top of the show before getting into this weekend's matchup against the New York Giants. Before we get there, a couple things I want to make sure we hit on. Number one, head on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Leave us a question. Make sure you're subscribed. All of that stuff. As always, appreciate everybody that has thrown us your support uh, lately, especially over on Apple Podcasts. That allows us to make the show available for others that are looking for Eagles podcasts. That said, let's get into it now. Excited to catch up with Greg. It's time for Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, excited to dive into this game breakdown with my friend Greg Cosell. Greg, this is a fun one to, uh, to dive into. Obviously, <laughs> a decisive win for this Eagles team. One of the more impressive ones of really, the season. Very impressive. Yeah, uh, well, I guess we'll start on offense. A big day for Jalen Hurts throwing the football. A week after, he sets the franchise record for rushing at right. the quarterback position. Uh, he ran for whatever it was, 160, 170 yards uh, against the Green Bay Packers. He comes back a week later, becomes the first player in NFL history, or for in Eagles history, sorry, uh, to throw for 350 and three touchdowns and rush for one more. Uh, so just an outstanding performance from Jalen Hurts through the air here in this game against Tennessee. And it's, again, just an example of how tough this team can uh, be to stop. Yeah, and, and they came out, this was a passing game because we had spoken about how good Tennessee has been stopping the run. Yeah. And they've been one of the best in the league. And the Eagles pretty much eschewed the running game. Now, you always have the run game element with Hurts in the gun, obviously. But it was not a game where they came out and they consciously handed the ball off. Nor did you see much in the way of Jalen Hurts with design runs. You did not see much of that at all. So this was a passing game. And I think when you look back... And in some ways, I was kicking myself for not talking about this more before the game. It made perfect sense because Tennessee is so defined in what they do on first and second down, very zone heavy, Mm -hmm. and then they play far more man on third down. But they were very defined. And in fact, as I was going through the game, I kept noticing that all the big plays were coming on second down. Right. Yeah, and, and they barely got to third down in this game. They had like four right, attempts on third down. Right, and third down, it's funny. If you just look at third down numbers, which were not very good, they were three for 11, yeah. you'd say, oh, it's not a good offensive performance. <clears throat> but I made it a point. Hertz on second down was 11 for 14 for 184 yards and all three touchdowns mm. because you, you get the more defined looks. Yep. And the other thing to me that really stood out, and it just doesn't happen like this in the NFL very often at all, is this offensive line and pass protection is just ridiculously good. I mean, they were just stoning them. I mean, guys couldn't get off the line of scrimmage. It was one of the things, too, I feel like, you know, at one point I was trying to give Tennessee some credit. I was thinking, like, okay, maybe they're they're doing more must rush. Maybe they're trying to contain Jalen Hurts. They saw what Jalen did as a scrambler, and so they're not pinning their ears back and going the way they would against a typical, you know, traditional pocket passer. And that might be a factor. And I'm sure that probably is, but... 
this offensive line is just it's it's so so good in pass protection and it yep. continues to show up week after week. I mean, whatever the reason, Fran. Yeah. It's not normal for a quarterback to just sit there with that much time. Yeah. It's just not normal. I, I mean, that's the thing. <clears throat> if you look at the first touchdown to Devontae Smith, uh, you know, and that was a early down throw that was yep. against quarters coverage. That was uh, second down. Second, second down, okay. So I knew it was an early down. Uh, and, you know, Jalen Hurts has all the time to go through one to two to three, bang, 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 and he hits Jalen. Well, he hits Devontae over the top. And I think that that's a great example of understanding your opponent. Yeah. Because – we know the Titans on first and second down play a lot of split safety, yep. a lot of cover four. Okay, and I that's believe they what, led the league in cover four coming into the game. They could very they're, well they're have. Top, they were definitely yeah, top. Yeah, I know that top. they're near the top because yep. I do the Titans every week, so I see what they have. And I thought that yeah, they, the, were, they led the league 25.3% coming into the game in quarters coverage. Well, there you go. And yep. I bet if you were to dissect that further by down, you'd oh, find that first ahead. and second down, they'd yep. probably be a higher percentage. Right, yep. Um, but... You know, I just love the whole concept because what they did is they motioned Sanders from the boundary. He was in an offset boundary alignment, mm. same side as Smith, yep. who was the the boundary X receiver on the backside of trips. Yep. So you had Smith to the left, Miles Sanders to Jalen Hurts's left in the gun. Correct. Yep. Correct. And they motioned him to the trip side, to yep. the wide side of the field, and made it four strong, yep. okay? And by doing that, and when I say four strong, four receivers to the wide side of the field, because now Sanders has to factor into their zone coverage concept. So what does that essentially do? Creates it essentially p- puts McCrary, the rookie corner, one-on-one on Devonta Smith. Yep. So something as simple as that, understanding the coverage, knowing what the motion would do, Created, creates a one-on-one matchup with, even though Smith is only a second-year receiver, he's really a veteran in the way he runs routes against a rookie corner. Yeah. And it was just beautifully done. Simple stuff, beautifully executed. And it was a great example. Another Devontae Smith catch early in the ga- earlier in the drive, the first third down, where... What You're we talking know about, about where he was number three to trips? Yeah, he was number three, and they had Kenny Gainwell motioned out. It started out as an empty set. Correct. Uh, Adams was lined up over Gainwell, so that's a signifier of man-to-man coverage. They bring in Gainwell close to the formation, protect against any blitz that, that, that might be coming their way. Uh, and you know, hey, I, I'm going to go to my man, my man-beating my man route, this corner route, uh, to Devontae Smith. And, and that was a third down where, as we said, the Titans tend to play more man coverage. Yep. So my guess is they anticipated man. Yeah. And, and therefore, that was one where... And that's the great thing about Devonta Smith. He can line up anywhere in your formation. The touchdown, he's the boundary X, the single receiver to the short side of the field. On, the, on that third down that you're speaking about... Um, he was number three to trips. Yep. And I guess it was about 20, 25 yards. I forget. Uh, it was a 24 yarder on yeah, third name, yeah, if, if yeah. I remember right. Uh, and that's the thing is, you know, we. We kind of gloss over at times when we're when we're talking about this team about the importance of certain aspects of what makes them so good. And all summer, I know we were saying, you know, when yep. you have Devonte Smith and you have AJ Brown, it's two players that can line up inside and outside, inside they and can. outside, inside and outside. And, and by the way, like, so can Quez Watkins. Well, and that's the thing is that when you have all of these guys, and even like honestly, look, you're missing you're missing Dallas Goddard, but having the kinds of tight ends they do, Tyree Jackson lined up all over the formation. He wasn't targeted in this game, I don't think, but having those guys that can line up all over the <coughs> right. place. That allows you to be versatile and flexible with the way that you design plays, the way that you game plan, the way that you want to try and attack opposing defenses. Because if you had a player that uh, you know didn't have that ability to line up inside, and, you know whether it's Devontae Smith or, right. or AJ Brown, well now you're limited in terms of how you can deploy your personnel in a game like this. Where hey, you know what? We know that if we line up this way, this is how Tennessee responds. 
no question. And Tennessee is so dependent on that front four getting pressure, and they couldn't. Yeah. And that, I don't want to say it made the game easy because nothing's easy in the NFL, but it made it more defined. And you know, you know what? You know what throw that, that we, it goes back almost to week two. Week two was the Vikings, right? Was that yep. week two? Yep. They're a team that, you know, also played a lot of split safety. Um, sort of those benders behind the underneath coverage. Uh, you know the throw I'm talking about? Yeah, that's he a, hit the, stole, the one to stole and the one and to Calcaterra. Yeah. And, and I remember he did a he hit Goddard with those uh, week two against the Vikings. Jalen makes that throw really well. Yeah. He throws it with nice timing, precise ball placement. That's a firm touch throw. Yeah, it's good good ball. They, you know, it, that stood out to me as well watching this tape. Yeah, there, there were a handful of throws. And even there was a, there was a conversion to um, – uh, to Quez Watkins in the first quarter, uh, where Quez was running like a shallow cross, and Jalen had to change the arm angle and You're throw around the You're talking about the drive route when he was number two to trip. It was an outstanding yeah. throw, yeah. And, and that's why that's one of those two, yep. one of those throws as well. That yeah. uh, you know, you just love to be able to see him make these throws. Now that was uh, on the third possession. It was it was against nickel cover one. You know, they put Long, the linebacker, kind of in that lurk spy position a number of times. Yep. But, yeah, that was Watkins, number two to trips in a three-by-one set, and he ran away from McCreary. Yeah, uh, and that was, that was big time. And that's yeah. the thing is, to your point, uh, and I, I haven't looked at these numbers. I, I might look at it this, uh, this week. My guess is the Eagles ran a, like, season-low and maybe a two-season-low volume of RPOs in this game. This was not uh, like This a, was not an RPO game. No. This was, we can beat them throwing the football. We're drop back and throw. Because we know what we're going to get based yep. on, there's a, there's a large sample size of season now, mm-hmm. and we know what we're going to get, and we can throw the ball, and they're not a big blitz team, yep. so we know our, our O-line can handle their D-line, yep. and... We're going to throw it. And keep in mind, too, that this staff, uh, very familiar with the Tennessee Titans, uh, having played them twice a year uh, when they were in Indianapolis. Uh, so there's that, some, some great familiarity point. there as well. That's a great point. So Because as we, as I learned very early on from a number of people, coaches coach against coaches. Yep. So they know what specific coaches do in specific situations. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, a big day, or a big uh, return for A.J. Brown going up against his yep. former team. That was a big storyline <laughs> yeah. and narratives that go with that. Yeah. Uh, but some of the – I mean, the, the, the second touchdown, the, the one – down the field where uh, you know it was a three-level stretch play. It was good. It would, you mean where he was velcroed by Avery? Yeah, I mean the yeah. ball should have gone to Devonte there, no question. Yeah. Jalen obviously saw something he liked and delivered. The way well, that AJ is able to make that catch, that is so like non-traditional and so hard to cover if you're a DB because yeah. you have no idea that the ball's coming your way until the very, yeah. very, well, very. Well, I think last one second. thing we've seen as the year has progressed, Fran, and this is a confidence thing, yeah. and and it's tough to say. I don't know if it's said or not, but it, it's it's not. If it's said, it's not said in a big way. Yeah. But what has stood out as the season has progressed is Hurts and the Eagles' pass game now attacks vertically outside the numbers when they have defined one-on-one matchups. Mm. You know, there's a lot of teams in the league that do that. The Bengals are outstanding sure. at that. Burrow will throw to Chase and and Higgins it's when it's a green when line. it's one-on-one. You you you're going to throw it yep. because you're, you're really confident in your receivers. Yeah. And you can argue that Smith. Brown may be a little more so just because he's a bigger body yep. and probably a little... I mean, Smith for his size is an outstanding contested catch guy, but he's still 165, whereas Brown is just a bigger man. Mm. Um, but no, we've seen that as the season has progressed, Fran, that Hurts is now throwing... He did it to Watkins against... Uh, it was Green Bay, Rasul Douglas, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I so. You know, yep. which was a back shoulder throw. Yep. That was actually a great throw because Douglas really could not locate the ball based on his body positioning when Jalen threw it. But we're seeing more and more of that. Yeah, Brian Johnson, the Eagles quarterback coach, provided a great breakdown of that play uh, on Eagles game plan this last week. So if you have not already, be sure to go back and check that breakdown out tape study uh, with Brian Johnson. Um, 
the one thing, you, know, you mentioned a word there, confidence. And uh, you and I are not in the business of psychoanalysis no, in terms no, of no, getting no. into what's in the players' minds. Yeah, but right, right. The, more, the more, especially now we're seeing the, these young quarterbacks come into the league and have uh, the level of success, and some, other, some of them having success and others not having success, it's been really interesting. I feel like the teams that have done a good job of just making it easy for the quarterback, leaning into what he does well, and then slowly working in more and more and more sure. as you build that player's confidence, I feel like that's reciprocated through through the teammates as well. Because now right. his, the offensive line, the pass catchers, the run game, everyone's like, oh, yeah, like our, our guy can do this. We've seen him put our, put our team in position to win games. Clearly, the Eagles the coaching staff has done a great job of working and developing with Jalen Hurts, and a lot of credit to him as well. But well, uh, I feel like that's a theme that other teams should be picking up well, on. Well, I would imagine that Brian Johnson has an awful lot to do with this because obviously offensive coordinators are far more on a weekly basis interested in game planning yep. and concepts and schemes Whereas the quarterback coach, not that he's not involved in that at all, but he's working more closely with the quarterback. Individually, yeah. And I think one thing that stands out with Jalen Hurts, and, you know, you have to remember, when he came out of college, he was, number one, he was drafted to be a backup to Carson Wentz. And number two, there were not a lot of people that thought he was a true, legitimate second-round pick. Yep. There are a lot of people that saw him that more in the, the pick, yeah. in the fourth round, you know, yep. that he was a project, and, <clears throat> and he might never make it. Yep. There were a lot of people who thought that. And by the way, that was fair based on his college evaluation. Sure. It's easy now to say these people are stupid. You know, that's that's always easy when you have access to the results. But the point I'm trying to make is when you watch Jalen Hurts now, I think you see a quarterback that is throwing with a firmer base, more comfortable delivery. It's cleaner. Mm. You know, is he ever going to be, you know, a natural thrower like Aaron Rodgers? Probably not. But everything about his delivery from the, literally from the feet up, which is where it starts, yep. just looks cleaner. And it's it's more, it's a little more compact. Mm. And that was a concern when he came out of college. Yeah. And that's the thing is that him showing that he can win a game like this. Right. Against that kind of defense and say, you know what, uh, if this is going to be a throw game, I'm going to win a throw game. Right. If last week's going to be a run game where I need to create with my legs or if I'm going to turn around and we're going to hand it off 49 times and run for <coughs> right. 360, like we can win in a lot of different ways. And much like how, you know, in the micro, having receivers that can line up inside and outside and do different things and Absolutely. attack all three levels works. Having an offense big picture that has a, an answer for whatever defense throws at you, that is so, well, so big for this team. And not every team has that luxury. No, as I learned years ago from someone way smarter than I am, Bill Walsh, you have to be able in this league, your run game and your pass game in any given week have to be able to work independently from yeah. one another. Right. And this week they came out, like you said, <clears throat> it was not an RPO game. It was not a design quarterback run game. It was a throw game. Mm. And you have to be able to do that depending on who you're playing because you never know how a given game or a given opponent in game planning, what you see, and then you also never know how a given game is going to play out once you start the game. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's just an impressive uh, performance, uh, certainly on the offensive yep. side of the ball. Uh, now, I will say... The one thing, obviously, that you can complain about the penalties. There, it was were, a, there were a weird, lot of penalties. weird game yeah. from that standpoint. Yeah. No question. There were a lot about of penalties. It. In uh, this some game. of those penalties, even going back and watching on film, some of those yeah. uh, those holds were. Well, a it was all the pre-snap yeah. penalties yeah. too. Yeah. So, that, I mean, those yeah. those those can those, those uh, drive coaches nuts. Yes, no yeah. question. Yeah. Uh, so there's something certainly to be cleaned up there. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball, Greg. <coughs> Six sacks. Right. Five of them on third down. Right. I believe it was six three and outs uh, as well. The only touchdown drive for Tennessee that happened in the first quarter uh, happened with a uh, a third down offsides penalty from Josh Sweat on third and four. Right. Where it was an incomplete pass. So the Eagles would have gotten off the field. You had the fourth down scramble from Ryan Tannehill on that drive as well. Right. Fourth and seven. So, uh, but know, that they, counts. They, they, that counts. Because no if, if Hertz did that, we'd say great yes, job. But, uh, but, yeah. but I guess what I'm saying is, is yeah. that overall in this game, just I mean, outstanding defensive performance. Outstanding defensive performance. Um, you know. 
I had a feeling it would be a tough day for the Titans for the simple reason about their O-line. Their O-line is small. I mean, Aaron Bruce is a 275-pound guard, and Hargrave made him aware of that, you know, obviously on the first third down of the game when he drove him right back into the pocket, which literally happens every week with Aaron Brewer, who's a real nice try-hard guy and a super competitive guy, but he's 275 pounds. Yep, so there's limitations there. Yeah, so Hargrave gave Brewer a tough time throughout the game. Um, You know, there's one play... I, I. I'd really like to mention, and this okay. is the kind of thing that I love watching tape, okay? All right, I, I have no idea where you're going with this. <clears> no, you have no idea where I'm going yeah. with this because okay. it's not a play you would think I would mention. Okay. But I think it's it's one of those things when I'm watching tape, I actually called my guys in and, you know, because in the matchup room. Yeah. It was the first third and long, it was, which I believe was not on the second possession because the, the Hargrave sack was third and four, third, yep, which is not sure, third yep. and long. So it was the second possession. The Eagles out of nickel went cover eight, which means that they were playing – halves to the wide side of the field and quarters to the short side of the field. That's what cover eight is. Um, And they were uh, playing it behind a cover six, by the way. You would flip that. You would flip that. Yes, just Correct. To, just to like that. Up Correct. And it was behind a four-man D-line pass rush where they had stunts on both sides. Yep. Okay. Now, I don't know if you remember the play now. It was an incomplete pass to um, Hooper. But Blankenship was the quarter safety. He was the safety to the quarter side. Yep. Now, Keep in mind, this is a split coverage, Fran, as you know, which means that number two to the side of quarters, the receiver who's number two, the slot receiver, Blankenship cannot let him cross his face because there's no one who can play that because it's a split coverage. So is that clear? I hope that's clear. Yep. Okay, so Blankenship was playing with inside leverage. He has to because he can't let him cross his face. So Hooper runs an out route. But Blankenship, and again, it's quarters, so there's always rules in quarters as to when number two reaches a certain yardage that you match up to him man-to-man. And Blankenship had to match up to him man-to-man. And we know he's not a great athlete. You know, he's not a 4-3 guy. But he played that perfectly. He played it absolutely perfectly. And actually, there was pressure as well from the stun that got into Tannehill's face and forced him, maybe it forced him to make a bad throw, maybe not. But... I just thought that that was really smart, savvy defense, understanding how to play the coverage and playing it exactly the right way. And there was Do you, know, an, you remember the yes, play? Yes, and there was another example of it. It was, uh, I, I believe, two drives later. It was a throw to the tight end over the middle of the field, and he was the backside safety, and he was a, he had eyes on, th- on the number three receiver uh, coming back towards his way, and he broke on the throw. It was a little sit route between the I hashes, remember it. and he broke on it perfectly, <coughs> right. and he got the PBU in the middle right. of the field. So being able to see him uh, you know, not just work on number two play side, but then number three backs, like, right. again, they're the rules. Again, Quarters. the world rules of course. Yeah, if it's right. a three by one set, that's safety on the back side. So to the one receiver side, he's not looking at the one receiver. He's no. looking at number three on the opposite right. side. And Blankenship drove on that throw and made the PBU in the middle of the field. No, and and Blankenship, I thought played well in this game. Yeah, uh, Blankenship yeah. Had, had another strong game. Yeah, um, this was. Honestly, like the the defensive backs on the back end, because a number of the sacks, and you're always looking like, all right, coverage helping the rush, rush helping the coverage, and it's I'm always trying to find like what are some of those small plays. Right. I thought Josiah Scott probably had his best game. Um, got under a number of different uh, a number of different routes that forced Tannehill to hold on to the football. Uh, there were a number of really impressive matches from right. the backside where uh, there you know Tennessee is running some kind of three man concept and the Eagles had four over three and just matched it as well as it could. And ask. there was no throw. There was no throw. There was no throw. The bo- so the, yeah. the, the, you never talk about the coverage. You know, you're watching on TV. You're talking about it with friends after, and then you go out, watch it later and you're like, man. 
Darius Slay and Marcus Epps and TJ Edwards and Reed Blankenship and all these guys did such an outstanding job in this game of forcing Tannehill to hold on to the football. And obviously the run game. You know, we got to yeah, talk mean, about that. 30 because, yards on the ground for Derrick Henry. Right, right. And, you know, Henry's a back that he needs space to generate speed and velocity. Mm. That's the kind of runner he is. So he needs to get through the first level of the defense. And rarely did that happen in this game. No, that's been the issue for them the last three weeks. Right. Last four weeks. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, I made a note. I mean, again, this is not an Eagles point, but I made a note. Henry, in his last four games, has 75 for 208, which is 2.77. His longest run in his in the last four games has been 10 yeah, yards. Yeah, this yeah, long yesterday was six. Yeah. Um, I think when you look at uh, just the way that they went into this game, they said, you know what? <clears throat> We're not going to stretch things out. They ran, they ran a little bit less outside zone in this game right. than I think they normally like to. Right. They came into this game, I believe, number three in the league in outside zone. Yeah, oh, no, that's their foundation. Yeah. It, they, yeah. This game, it felt much more... We're going to just try and get him downhill as fast as possible. Right. We we're not even going to try and stretch this out. Uh, and so very first play of the game, duo, downhill. We're going to try and get and get him down... and. The, the Linval Joseph, Fletcher Cox, build a wall up front. Well, no, Edwards. TJ, well, TJ Edwards the first play of the game, I made a point. Edwards attacked downhill, forcing the center Jones to release his combo block yep. on Joseph. Joseph and Edwards make the tackle for two yards. I yep. mean, that's what happened on the first play of the game. And you know what else? So, very next play, and they tried this a couple times yeah. in this game. We've we've talked about this, uh, how teams have had some success in recent weeks against the Eagles going with these closed formations and saying, because the receiver, the, the Eagles don't play corners over. So, uh, hey, you know what? If you play a closed and, formation, meaning a tight end uh, to the to the boundary side with no receivers outside right. of them, a corner's going to play over the tight end, and if you're able to block the, uh, block the safety with the receiver or with the tight end, well, now you're left with the running back one-on-one with the, with which, the corner outside. Which the outside. Titans have done for years, and Henry rarely gets tackled. And I thought Bradbury made two great tackles in this game. Is that where you're for going the with second this? second play, Bradbury made that right. play. But he did it two or three times in this game. And then one of the first plays of the second half, of the second half yeah. third quarter, Darius Slay came up and made yeah. the play. Yeah. Uh, both guys were tested in this game, and both guys came up strong. Because I made the point, Bradbury tackled in the run game, especially when he was the boundary corner versus closed formations. Yep. He is a primary run support defender to the closed side, and he made some tackles on Henry. Mm-hmm. That's exactly... I've seen them because I do Tennessee. I've seen them do this for years yep. where they do this and they get Henry on a corner and not a lot of corners are thrilled to tackle Derrick Henry. No, but, but I, I honestly, one-on-one, I mean, Josiah Scott got uh, Derrick Henry down. TJ Edwards had a nice tackle in the flat on Derrick Henry one-on-one. Uh, we talked about the corners as well. I mean, these right. guys, it was a really good performance. But you expect Edwards. I mean, corners, yes. you know, right, right. Yes. No, corners are different. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a really impressive right. game from those guys uh, on the backside. And then, of course, you had the pass rush because... Yep. You know, which there was a lot of st- there was a lot of stunting in this game. Well, you know what it was interesting was that you started to see it as the game went on. And Tennessee, I mean, they they knew their their, tack- their tackles were struggling, and, oh, yeah. and so they they wanted to keep their running backs and the tight ends to chip. <coughs> yeah, and that's where you saw those stunts really start to come yeah. alive as they're yeah. trying to get Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick away from the chip by yep. la- by slanting inside and it worked on a couple of those sets. Yeah, yeah, no, that happened. I, I think there was one. Um, let's see, I'm trying to remember the uh, the play. Um, I can't. I'm looking at my notes. I just can't remember it specifically. There but were there were three there were plays couple, where yeah. Reddick and Sweat both got there at like the same time. Exactly. And two of them were where the running back was trying to chip right. on the right defense. There was end. one where Hilliard tried. He was there to 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 um, chip Sweat. Yep. And Sweat went inside. But <clears> see, <throat> the key to that was whoever was inside of Sweat Hargrave. with Hargrave crossed the face of the guard, yep. and so the guard had to go with him, yep. and that left the inside available for Sweat. 
he didn't have to deal with the chip on the outside. Sweat told Dave Spadaro after the game on the Eagles Insider podcast, make sure you're subscribed wherever podcasts can be found. Uh, t- Sweat told him that Hargrave before the play was like, yeah, I'm going to uh, you come inside. I'll handle the guard. Uh, basically, just gave, gave him yeah. the heads up. Yeah. You, you yeah. Know, that, that B-gap's all yours. Right. Which is, yeah, I've seen that with a lot of teams. The, the Cowboys do that a lot when Parsons is outside, Micah Parsons, yep. and they want him to work inside. Yeah. Uh, Kaiser White, I wrote his name down a bunch in this game. Yeah, he had a good it was, game. It was one of his better games in the last month or so. Well, he uh, played was, a ton of snaps because they played the 5-2 front. Yeah, and you know what? And also, they played a decent amount of dime on, on third down, and we saw a number of— Well, actually, that, they played two snaps of dime. And, uh, and Kaiser <coughs> was the linebacker yeah. on dime, which I don't think that has been the case uh, Yeah, year, they've right? done that when they've played dime. For some yeah, reason, I yeah. remember it being a TJ being— No, it has been earlier in the season, but it's been white more recently. Interesting. Okay, so yeah, so I thought Kaiser has played really well. Yeah. Played really well, I should say, uh, in this game. So, yeah, I'll, it was a really I'll, good defensive performance. Yeah, it was really, really against. A, by the way, against a very physical team on both sides of the ball. Yeah. So you have to say that. Yep. You have to say they played a team that many thought, including myself, based on Mike Rabel and the Titans. I thought this would be a competitive game because the Titans tend to be physical, competitive, and violent. Believe it or not, yep. and it, that was none of that was a factor in this game. No. Uh, real quick, because I know there are some fans that are really excited about the performance. We've gotten getting a chance to see N'Kobe Dean, the rookie third-round pick, uh, in there. He, he spelled uh, Kaiser at one point. He left with injury and came back and then played a bunch of snaps in garbage time. I thought we saw some good things uh, from N'Kobe. I think that, you, know, you see the, some of the uh, the size limitations show <coughs> right, up at times. Right. Uh, he looks very little on tape. Yeah, no question. Yeah. But I think with how fast he was playing, I think it was yeah. a really good sign uh, no, for, yeah. for a young player uh, to come in and say, you know what, um, Not I, when I say play fast, I don't mean play fast physically. I mean play fast fast as mentally as right. he did. Uh, I'd be curious if, you know, obviously he came in for a couple of plays for White and then White came back and then it got to be garbage time. Yep. Um, my guess is he probably won't play if no one gets hurt. No, I think that's yeah. the role, right? Yeah. And, and that's that's fine. That's yeah. like perp- That is yeah. perfectly fine uh, for, for a rookie to say, you know And what? Jordan Davis only played six snaps. And I got to tell you, it looked to me like his lower b- half was still not right. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, played yeah. more of a, in a rotation. Obviously, yeah, yeah. only played six six yeah. snaps. We'll, we'll do yeah. that. Um, <coughs> played, did play some D end in the. Uh, he he, in that, he, in he that, played four I one yeah. snap. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So uh, something to watch there moving forward. Uh, as long as he's good yeah. moving forward, which I think he is good. Like I know he left the game briefly, but he was playing in like the la- he was playing the last drive. So I'm assuming right, like he's right, good. Right. 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 But but it, when the game was competitive, right? Uh, theoretically competitive. Yes. Right, right, right. He was he only played a few snaps, and he had one where he he just got pushed to the ground. You might remember it. It just looked. Like his lower. That half. was more. I think he got hurt. Yeah, yeah. I think it just I think, gave. I think I got it just gave out. Yeah, yeah, it just gave out. Um, uh, real quick, and you have not gotten gone through the special teams film, um, but I know fans were excited about the special teams play as well. Those yeah, guys, I have not seen the, it. Those guys ran around and, and give a lot of credit to. Uh, uh, first of all, Nicobe. Nicobe, I thought, had a really good day on special teams. Christian Ellis did an excellent job on special teams. He was a practice squad call. He flashed on defense as well uh, in those garbage time snaps. So uh, give a lot of credit to those guys. Grant Calcaterra gave some good special team snaps. So um, go, you know, heads up to those guys uh, because uh, obviously that has been a big question, a much maligned group over these last few weeks in particular. Greg, let's now turn our attention to a, uh, an NFC East battle yep. here, uh, against the New York Giants. And uh, this is a big game. Obviously, the Giants started off really, really hot. I think now they've lost three of five, or they have not won three of five, <coughs> right, right. Uh, I should say, with the tie this right, past week. The tie. By the way, ties are brutal from a, like, oh, like a standings, and what does this mean for a playoff picture and things like that? But for you and I, like a tie, because that's all that means is that we're watching an extra, like, 20-some plays on both sides that uh, we know does not as result As soon in a as win. yesterday, because <laughs> I watch Red Zone, I tend to watch Red Zone yep. on, on Sunday, as soon as I saw that game go to overtime because I was home, 
I'm like, oh man. No, I don't no, even I, mind I, the overtime, I, but it's like, oh, you guys tied. Like that means that every every side of the ball. There's too many plays to plays. watch. <laughs> At least the Giants only ran something like 65, but yep. the, but the Commanders ran over 80. Yes. Uh, so that said, uh, let's talk through the Giants' offense. Yeah. Um, Look, for a number of reasons, pass game weapons are, are very, very limited at this point for uh, for Daniel Jones. Well, when they were in 11 personnel, and, and they played a ton of 12, ten, yep. a ton with two tight ends because Bellinger was back. Yep. <clears throat> so they played a ton of 12 personnel. Um, but when they were in 11, their three receivers were Slayton, Hodgins, and James. Yeah. And I mean, Marcus Johnson got a few snaps here and there. Yeah, I mean, that's it's not ideal. That's not, no. what, you're, that's not what you're planning on coming into the season. No. Uh, Sterling Shepard on injured reserve. Wondell Robinson, the rookie second-round pick on injured reserve. You traded away. Uh, Kadarius Toney. Kenny Dalday's not giving you anything right now. He was in, inactive for this game. So, um, yeah, not what they were what planning on. What happened to on. David Sills? Uh, I think he was a healthy scratch. Was he? I believe so uh, in this game. So, um, yeah, I mean, they, they're they struggling from a pass yeah. catcher standpoint. Uh, Bellinger being back is good. They activated Nick Vinette uh, off the practice yep. squad. So Vinette's going to potentially be a factor for <clears throat> yeah, them. No, and Vinette played. He was really the second tight end. It yeah. was Bellinger and Vinette because Mayrick, uh, uh, Myrick did not play that many snaps. Well, that's why I was interested that, so we're getting like really deep into the weeds here, uh, that Bellinger, so Bellinger came back. He had the, the busted eye socket from a few weeks ago. Right. It was a gruesome injury for those that remember seeing that, um, just bleeding from his eyes as he was caught off the field. Lawrence Cager was starting a tight end. I know. For him, and then they made him a healthy scratch in this one. Which was very strange because, again, I'm not there, we're not there yeah. every day. But I, I didn't think he played poorly in the games. Right. I mean, Lawrence, yeah. So Lawrence Cager is a converted wide receiver. Yep. Uh, big guy. Georgia. He's a big, yeah, he's a big 6'5", 225. Yeah, big time recruit but, coming yeah, out of high school. I think he's up to 240 now. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he is. And he moves yeah. pretty well. Yeah. I was shocked. He was like, oh, he's a healthy scratch. I know. Now. I was wondering where he was. I right. thought maybe he went on IR. Um, but when you look at this past game, just like schematically, mm-hmm. A ton of they're like top three in the NFL in play action. They love to move the pocket. It's a lot of like we're going to get the ball out of Daniel Jones' hands fast and try and get it to these guys. And on a design boot. Yes, right. Just to move the yeah to move the pocket. Yeah, just to, yeah. Uh, again, you're cutting the field in half, but also you're kind of making it easier for these receivers as well. Not asking them to like create separation one on one in isolation no. situations. Well, they can't. Yeah, that's the thing. So uh, that's kind it's of it's a limited pass game. Yes. They know it. They try to work around it. Yep. Um, and therefore, they try to use Jones' ability as a, a movement quarterback. For a big quarterback, he moves well. Yep. So it's a lot of design boot. It's a lot of design run game. And they also give him the freedom, if he sees the ability to run, to take off. Yep. And they're okay with that. And that's the thing, is that his movement really is kind of the centerpiece of this offense right now. Uh, in that when you factor in both him on the move as a passer, him on the move as a runner, the design runs, uh, all of that is really a centerpiece to what they do. Uh, Saquon Barkley, yeah, he, he reached the end zone yesterday. He, he had 60 yards and a touchdown, but Daniel Jones was their leading runner once again yep. yesterday. Uh, <coughs> he, he's a big reason why any success they have moving the football, it's going to be through and, the And keep and in mind, until about three or four weeks ago, Jones was really good on third down in the second half of games, mm. and that allowed them not to put up big numbers in the pass game, but he would convert critical third downs. And I'm talking third and sevens, third yeah. and eights, third and nines with big-time throws, but that had, had kind of stopped over the last three, four weeks, yep. and therefore their offense kind of got shut down. Yep. But And he's protecting the football this year, too. That's the other big thing. That's, that's the other difference. big thing. He, but he he's a cautious quarterback, yes. and whether that's in his DNA, yep. because believe it or not, as a rookie, when it looked like he was going to be a really good player, yep. I didn't think he was cautious. Right, yeah. And he's become... Oh, he was standing tall in the pocket and delivering under pressure? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, sure, yes. I remember, yep. And he's become a cautious quarterback for whatever reason. Yep. I can't answer the why. Um, but uh, sometimes I don't think his eyes are in the right place. And, you know, 
by that I mean there's always a route concept that has a relationship to the coverage. And you've seen it enough now over the years, over right. the 40 years of you watching tape that you understand, like, this is where you're supposed, supposed to, to go. And sometimes I feel like he's not seeing that right. as quickly. I don't right. want to say he doesn't see it because yep. I don't know what, what, what his eyes are looking at, but I feel like he's not seeing it at the, the processing speed that's required. Mm. But just talking about the run game, you know, this was a classic game. They were ahead 20 to 13 late third quarter. Yep. And that's where, with Saquon Barkley, you'd like to be able to run the football, and you think you can. And they couldn't. And this is a game they're probably kicking themselves because if they could have run the football, Fran, and when I say run, you didn't need a 60-yard touchdown. You're talking about sustaining offense, eating clock. They could not do that. And Barkley is an odd runner in that sense. He can make explosive runs and look as, as dynamic as any back in the league on any given run. But for a guy with his size and weight room strength, he's not really a sustaining back in the truest sense of the word. Mm. And that's why, honestly, the, the difference between even uh, week 13 New York Giants versus week 5 New York Giants is, yeah, like when you had Sterling Shepard and you had Wandale and you had these other pieces working, right. working together, it was like, all right, like even if the run game isn't hitting on all cylinders – we're at least able to manufacture something. And right now, they just don't have the horses to be able to no. make that happen. <clears throat> no, they don't. Hold on to those leads late in games. No, and, and then it comes down to... And they to, struggle to play from behind. This is a team that's... Right, and then it comes down to Daniel Jones, who you and I both know as a passer with the pass game. Not all on him, of course. Yeah. The pass game can't do it. There's just not enough. Yeah, uh, and that's going to that's gonna be an issue for this team yeah. uh, through, through the rest of this season, and, and they'll have uh, some room to be able to, to improve that uh, going into next year. Offensive line-wise, I think this is kind of similar to last week where uh, if you were able to stop the run on early downs, I think it's a replicatable formula here for this game is that if you get this team into third and long, like I just said, they struggle playing from behind. This this team struggles playing from uh, you know behind the sticks on third down. So uh, the Eagles, uh, the, the Giants, the, look, they, they got some players <coughs> back uh, right. here for this week. So Evan Neal, the rookie first-round pick, top 10 pick, he returned to the lineup. John Feliciano was injured. He came back into the lineup, so they were able to move some pieces around. Get Gates the played guard in this game. Yep, so Gates, who had been playing center, right. shifted out to left guard. But even still, like, Neil has not played, you know, he's a rookie. He's, he's struggled a little bit. Uh, <coughs> Neil so has an issue start. that I think we probably all noticed on film that I, I, again, I'm not an O-line coach. I think it can be cleaned up, but he struggles with it at times. At the top of his pass set, when he reaches the top of the arc, he tends to lose his balance. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that's fixable. Yep. I think an O-line coach would say that is fixable, but, it, you know, it could take some time. Yeah. And, and, he, and missing time obviously didn't help. Didn't help. Right. Uh, Andrew Thomas, the left tackle, has played better the, this yeah. year. Um, so they're getting some good play uh, yep. out of him. Former top five pick, top three pick, if I remember right, out of Georgia uh, a couple of years back. Top but four. I think he was the fourth was pick fourth in the draft. fourth overall pick. Yeah. There you go. So um, they have a fourth, I think the fourth and the sixth or seventh pick in the draft are their tackles. tackles. Yeah. Yes. Um, the the rest of the line, uh, you know, not as uh, high. No, degree, no, but, no. Um, but I, I think that's you know at the end of the day, I think that th- that's where the Eagles can win some of these matchups without question. Third and long, uh, getting after this. Team I would say Glowinski's been a solid pro at guard. Yeah, he's been because he was I mean, with Indy for a couple of years. Indy, and he yep. was solid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think that you know he gives you a little bit of stabilizing. Yeah, there. yeah. Uh, they just had the issues at the other uh, right. the, the, those other two spots right. as well. Um, going over to the other side, uh, this is a group. You know, we talk about the uh, the Titans having a very crystallized identity. Uh, there's no mistaking the identity here of this defense of the Giants. You, uh, you no. know what you're going to get on a weekly no. basis. No. Uh, and really, it comes out of three things, <clears throat> right? It's heavy sub package, top man to man, more man to man than anybody in the NFL, and more blitz than anybody. In the yeah, NFL. yeah, and. I mean, twice this year, including this past game against the Commanders, they have played over 20 snaps with seven defensive backs. Wow. 
Nobody does. There are teams in the league that you go back five years, they've never played once with seven defensive backs. Um, But Wink Martindale is a master at showing pressure from one side, overloading one side, then bringing pressure from the other side. He's a master at using fast athletic players as as pressure players, yep. which makes it difficult even if an offensive lineman recognizes it, they're out athleted because you're dealing with, you know, defensive backs. Um He's always been really, really good at that. He makes it very stressful for offensive linemen. He makes it a mental challenge. He puts a lot on the quarterback as well to be able to see it and understand where pressure might be coming from. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a very high uh, high variance defense, yep. right? Where look, you're you're going to give up some plays. <coughs> yeah, they have. They've given up some explosive plays, um, but they will also put a lot of pressure on you. Uh, whether it means you know literally put pressure on the quarterback, but then also mentally, uh, now you have to know where to go with the football. They've got guys dropping out. It's not all just man pressure. No, there's plenty of zone, zone pressures, pressures in there, and so uh, yeah, they they put a lot of pressure on you from that standpoint. So it's a lot to prepare for for Jalen Hurts, the backs, offensive line, everybody involved. And and by the way, they do have good defensive linemen. So so. Lawrence is playing his his back his uh, backside off. He is oh, awesome. he's playing really he well. Playing. And Leonard Williams is a solid yeah. player. Um, you know, obviously, and Ojulari was back this week, and he flashed. He's really good, Greg. When he healthy, flashed. He, I mean, yeah. he had eight sacks last year as a franchise yeah. record for them. Um, and when healthy this year, I think he's only played two games. Yep. Uh, three games. He's been really, really no, he's good. been really good. And, and Thibodeau, I think, has been up and down, but yep. I mean, obviously, he plays. Um, Dexter Lawrence, we're talking about real quick. Um, leads their leads their team right now in terms of just like tackles against the run. Well out in front, he's got 48 stops against the run. The next guy is Thibodeau with 36. Total pressures, uh, he is also uh, out in front. So he's again, 345 pounds. Yeah, I mean, just a, a, and by the way, he's got really light feet. Yeah, really I mean, he's light. A, feet. He's impressive. Um, yeah, and, and again, Williams is playing well. You got some high pedigree players. If, if both Thibodeau and, and uh, Ojolari hit, and you pair that with those two D tackles, that's that's going to be a good D line. That's a good D line. Yeah, and look, it's obvious that when they get to you know the past situations, they want the linebackers you know off the field, yep. but you. You know, their base front can be 5-2, and they'll play Smith and the rookie from Indiana, McFadden. McFadden, yep. Who's, who's, uh, who's limited from an athletic standpoint. But he's kind but of he's, an interesting he's, player. He's a thumper. Yeah, uh, yeah. He'll, he'll stick you. He had some nice sticks against Washington. Yeah. Oh, yeah, game. yeah. He's an interesting player. Yeah, yeah. he's a big body as well. Um, they, Tay Crowder had been a starter for them in the past. Right. They'll, they'll still mix him in there. Right. He'll, he'll get uh, his turn Yeah, I wonder what the happened there, because Crowder last year and through the guy. early part of this year literally played every snap. Yeah, he was a three-down guy for them. I know. Um yeah, I mean they're mixed. They're, they play so many DBs. Like I know, to keep track of and, all and, of them. And and depending on the packages in different places, all over the place. I mean, trying to chart what they do, you forget know, about you, it. yeah, yeah, forget it. But it's, it's impossible, especially with the injuries. Too, I know, I know. Corey Jackson's been out uh, the last couple of games. Darnay Holmes didn't play this week, so. Uh, but they matched Moreau on 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 uh, McLaurin. They had to because it was either yeah. it was Moreau. Or well, they played gonna... well, well when they played their dime. Right. Excuse me. They didn't play any dime. When they played dollar, yeah, right, you know, yep. seven DBs, they had Flott, the rookie from LSU, who yep, I kind of like, by the way. pick. He's uh, rail thin, but this but kid a, is really, a really instinctive man corner. A good player. Yeah. So, so he was one outside corner, and Moreau would match up to McLaurin. But, and then McLeod and Jefferson would be inside as kind of wild cards. This yep. is in their dollar seven DB package. But when they were in base, McLeod played on the outside. Right, yes. So try, try to match. I'm trying to figure all this stuff. Yeah, I, I, I made all the notes, but I mean, not that we have to walk through all this with every yep. package. But the point is, is they play a lot of DBs yeah. in different positions depending on whether it's um, 
uh, base, nickel, or dollar. And, and that's the thing is that you would think like, okay, with Adoree Jackson out, Darnay Holmes out, the starting right. nickel corner, no Xavier McKinney. He's on the uh, right. You know, the, when does he do bad? Injury list. I don't. I couldn't tell you. He's I a know. good he, player. He got hurt in the bye week. And, I know. Um, yeah. So he's out. You know, Aaron Robinson, the second year corner, yes. he's out. So you're losing all of these players. You think like, oh, okay, well they're just not gonna. They're, they're going to back off. They'll play. No, they're just going to keep. Like you said, they played no. 28 snaps of uh, seven DBs this past week. Th- this uh, is this is what Martindale believes. Yeah. Um, oh, no, he's not going to play soft, and he's not going to be reactive. He's going to be proactive, and he's going to pressure. And you and I last week talked about, oh, well, how are the how are the Titans going to react after seeing what Green Bay did on third down? Are they going to play as much man? Are they going to pressure? Are they going to do this? No, like we watched this team go up against Lamar Jackson in Baltimore and play the same way. No, no right, change in right. the game plan. This is, this is the way they're going to play in this game. Correct. So uh, it makes it easy. To, and by the way, you hit it right on the head. There could be some negative plays for the birds, but yep. there also could be some big play touchdowns too. Right. Um, it'll be a test uh, yeah. mentally. Uh, but it will be a test. You're yes. right. Uh, now it's about beating man coverage, and you right. start getting into some of the nitty-gritty there, and I think that that will be important. But uh, beating the Blitz, this will be a big test there uh, for Jalen Hurts on the road, a place that he did not play well last year up there in New York. Um, so trying to see if he can rebound off that. And uh, he's passed all the tests so far. Uh, so no, it's been, pretty, it's been a pretty good season. Yeah. This is a good football team, the Eagles. It is. It's pretty I good. I mean, there's not – I'd be hard-pressed to say that they have a serious weakness. I mean, you know, I'm sure coaches always believe, hey, we can get better. That's a coach's job. But I would be hard-pressed to say that there's a weakness here, uh, you know, and I'm talking offense and defense. Uh, You know, being honest, I don't study special teams. I just don't have that many hours in the day. But offense and defense, I don't know if there's a serious weakness here. This is – it's – it's a good team. Yeah. They just got to keep uh, keep doing what they're doing, and uh, you know that we we know how much they harp on that one week at a time mantra. Uh, they keep doing that, and it's uh, a march towards the postseason for this team. But no, I um, mean, yeah, eleven and one. It's 11-1. pretty good. It's pretty good. We'll see if we're talking about twelve and one next. That's week. right. That's uh, right. Thanks for joining us once again here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast for Chalk Talk. Now it's time to hear from you, the fans, in the draft mailbag. So great stuff there from Greg, who you can follow on Twitter, just like I do, at Greg Cosell. And while you're at it, I'm at EaglesXOs. That's where I post all the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's Nose content that we produce here with Eagles Entertainment. And you know how much I appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on all forms of social media. That is one way to support the show. But the best way is to go on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify. Leave us a rating. Leave us a comment. I want to give a shout-out today to someone who did exactly that. Wheels Fan left a five-star review with some really kind words about how much they enjoy the show. They love learning um, from myself, from Greg, from Ben. Uh, I don't need to get into I don't want to sound like we're patting ourselves on the back, but great comment there um, from Wheels Fan. He did have a question. He said, you know, we're getting great cornerback play out of James Bradbury and Darius Slay. Sometimes I forget Bradbury is even on the field because offenses are avoiding him so often. C.J. Gardner-Johnson racking up interceptions this year. Reed Blankenship got got another one in the play uh, this past weekend against Green Bay. Are the safeties getting more opportunities for interception because opposing teams are avoiding the corners? Are opposing quarterbacks forcing throws into traffic. So, uh, Wheels fan, I would say that, uh, look, it's a, uh, I, I used the analogy, the Christmas light analogy last week with Ben, and I think all of these guys in the back seven, they are connected by a string. Uh, all of them are working really, really well in tandem. We saw that again this week against Tennessee. I thought the back seven play was exceptional in this game, and I think when you look at the corner play, certainly that's a big part of it. James Bradbury, Darius Slay, both playing very, very well. You wouldn't think it, but Bradbury's actually t- been targeted most on this team, and actually by a significant 
significantly wide margin, and he's done an outstanding job of deterring those throws. He's not let up a lot of completions, but he has been targeted often. They're staying away from Darius Slay for the most part, but uh, even some of the plays where he has been targeted, think back to that Dallas Cowboys game where uh, there was the, the, the deep curl route. He jumped the throw, knocked it up in the air, and that created the interception for C.J. Gardner-Johnson. But all of these guys repay the favor. There have been a lot of plays where the DBs are helping each other, forcing throws, the defensive line's getting pressure. So uh, as a collective group, they're doing an outstanding job. So you really can't say enough about uh, the outside corners. And no matter what metric you look at, look at, opposing quarterbacks throwing outside, not really been fruitful. Throwing downfield has not been successful. Throwing in the middle of the field, in the middle where T.J. Edwards and Marcus Epps and those guys are working, have not been successful. So a lot of credit is uh, deserved for those guys playing in the back seven. So great stuff there from Wheels Fan. Thanks to him and thanks to all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcasts here with Eagles Entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you later this week.